exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. My name is Dave Rinkew and I will be your host as usual for the next hour. As always, my lovely co-host Megan to my left. How you doing, Megan? I'm doing great, thank you. Good. Did you have a good weekend? Yes, it was very busy. I kept busy with work and writing articles for websites and all that kind of good stuff. Well, it's a Monday, and <laughs> Mondays are tough, but we have a job to do. I uh, hope everyone out there had a great weekend. It's a cold one today. <laughs> cold. It's snowing all day. It is freezing. I drove in it, too. Yeah, Very I mean, far. it's windy, and that's the only thing that gets me now. The wind kills me. That's cold. Makes it colder. It, it I makes. Mean, I think it said it was like 26, but it felt like 16 or something because yeah. of the wind. The wind chill is brutal, so I hope everyone bundles up. Winter is here, ladies and gentlemen, mm. so get, get used to it. But uh, we definitely have a ton to get to tonight. Uh, we have a lot of Spartans, you know, they got their bowl game now. The Lions do what they do best, lose. Uh, we're going to get to the Spartans in college basketball. They have a big game coming up here tomorrow night. Try to get a little bit about the Pistons. A story came out today about uh, the ownership of the team, and we'll try to get to what we can. Talk maybe a little Tigers, a little Red Wings. We touch it all. So uh, let's get to the show. All right. Well, the Spartans, they know where they're going. They are going to play in the Capital One Bowl January 1st, 1 p.m., out in Florida, Orlando, Florida. They're playing Alabama, the Crimson Tide. Number 9, Michigan State. Number 16, Alabama. And here we go. Now, Megan, before we kind of get into the other little aspects of this whole matchup, uh, how did you feel Sunday once you saw where the Spartans were going? I mean, at least, you know, we're in a bowl. That's the good part. Well, yes, I'd love it in one. If we weren't in a bowl, I, would, I wouldn't know what to think. Yeah, and, I mean, you couldn't have asked for more. Like you said last week, you know, they wouldn't, over, they wouldn't go over Ohio State, you know, to pick us for a BCS bowl yep um so i think this is the the next best thing and like we were saying earlier we can't just sit here and dwell on well we're not going to a rose bowl we're not going to a championship now and just take what we got and you know just beat them <laughs> unlike last year <laughs> we didn't win <laughs> yeah definitely and you know that texas tech game last year I, I believe it was the alamo bowl uh tough game i mean we didn't have 11 of our players and it still was a very exciting game but this team is going back to the Capital One Bowl. They were there two years ago in 2008 where we faced Georgia. Mr. Matt Stafford, who is now with the Detroit Lions. And the Spartans lost 24-12. It was a pretty weak game. It was 6-3 to at the half, I remember. And, you know, Georgia pretty much ran away with it after that. But this is going to be a really good game. And like Megan just said, no one needs to dwell on not being in the Rose Bowl or not being in the Sugar Bowl like Ohio State is. Get over it. Let's just get over it right now and focus on what's coming up. This is going to be a great game against a very formidable opponent. Alabama is a solid, solid team, okay? National champions last year. They had some tough losses this year. They blew a 24-7 lead against Auburn a couple weeks ago. Ended up losing 28-27. They lost to South Carolina, LSU. They lost to good teams. Really good teams, okay? Arkansas right now is ranked 8th in the country. You have LSU at like 10. They lost to good teams. Alabama is better than the 16th rank they have. The only reason they're 16th is because they lost to Auburn in the second to last week of the season. And as we've said before, losing that late hurts you. 
Doesn't mean you're a bad team. Doesn't mean that you don't deserve to have a better bowl potentially. But losing late hurts you in this system. It just does. There's a lot of good storylines. A lot of good storylines for this game coming up. Nick Saban. I think we all remember Nick Saban here as the Spartans coach. Took us to 10-2. and You know, took us, you know, I mean, you know, great game. That was, you know, it was a, I mean, he's a, he's a really good coach. He's a really good coach. Not to mention you got Bobby Williams, who's actually under Nick Saban out there in Alabama. So you have two former Spartan head coaches out there in Alabama. It's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be an exciting game. And it's a game that, you know, Michigan State can win. If you think about it, Alabama, they wanted more out of this season. They wanted a lot more. National champions last year, Heisman win, winner in Mark Ingram. They might be having a little bit of a hangover going, hangover going into this bowl game. It's very, it's very possible. And I think Michigan State, they're going to be ready to come out and play. We have a long time to talk about this game. This game is not, like I said, till January 1st, 1 p.m. A lot of time to think about it, a lot of time to see what goes on. But here's another little good thing, honestly, with us not going to a different game. Mark Hollis was quoted at saying in the free press that the Spartans are going to net $300,000 more from playing in the Capital One Bowl game out in Orlando than if they had gone to the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. Okay, The costs are going to be lower, and the payout is going to be essentially the same because the Big Ten teams all split bowl revenue equally. So honestly, the Spartans are actually making some more money. Maybe it's not on the biggest stage, but it's still a big game. Trust me, like I said, the storylines alone are going to sell this game. Okay, the Spartans, whether you think they got snubbed, whether you think they got the little scroogey, that doesn't matter. Okay, that doesn't matter right now. The Spartans had an incredible season, 11-1. The reason the Spartans are not in an at-large bowl bid, the reason they're not playing in the Rose Bowl, is because A, the system is flawed, and B, we got spanked by Iowa. You can't look past that. You can't forget about it. I know, Megan, I know we'll never forget that game. Halloween weekend, it was atrocious. Mm -hmm. You lose 37-6, it hurts you. Yes, you did beat Wisconsin by 10. You beat them handily. That's great. Never had the chance to play Ohio State. What can you do about it? But you got spanked around by Iowa, a team that's not even ranked anymore. And that is just going to hurt you, especially when you're talking about like the brand image that we talked about last week with Ohio State. When they are selecting these teams to go to the bowl, who are they going to pick? Ohio State, who has a, a storied history, storied tradition, been there, they have the respect, they have the credibility. Michigan State needs to earn that, and they start by doing that in this bowl game against Alabama. It will be a good game. It's going to be a game to watch. Here's a quote here from Mark D'Antonio, saying, quote, We are looking forward to it, and I want to congratulate our football team on our co-championship. It is important we win our last football game. We've been saying that for a while now, and we need to make good on that statement. That is true. The Spartans have not won a bowl game since 2000. It's been a while. Okay, They need to get this done. They need to win a bowl game. The last time, like I said, 2000, they beat Florida in what was then called the Florida Citrus Bowl, which is now the Capital One Bowl, because, of course, every bowl game is named after a company, which is, I get it, you need to do that. It's kind of annoying. I, I mean, I understand it. It's annoying, though. Uh, <laughs> kind of bothers me, like Comerica Park. Well, I like Tiger Stadium better, but... What are you going to do? But they won that game 37-34, last second field goal by Paul Edinger. They need to come out and play this game respect, respectably. Alabama is not a slouch of a team. They are one of the they are one of the better teams in the SEC hands down. Whether they're 9 and 3 or not doesn't matter to me. They are a good team. Michigan State needs to come out and play a, a great game. If they get spanked around by Alabama, then everyone's going to be saying, "I told you so." 
Told you they didn't deserve to go to the Rose Bowl. Told you they didn't deserve to go to the Sugar Bowl. Michigan State has a month to prepare for this game, and I believe everything. I believe in my heart, no matter what, D'Antonio is going to have these kids ready to play. He's going to have them ready to play. The storylines alone, again, are fantastic. Two old coaches that used to coach for Michigan State. Now we will be facing them again. Michigan State and Alabama have a very similar type of football. Both like to run the ball a lot. Baker, you got Ingram over there in Alabama. Quarterbacks are very similar in the way they are. Manage the game. A lot of poise. Two great coaches. D'Antonio used to coach under State under Nick Saban when Nick Saban was here at Michigan State. He was a defensive backs coach. Okay, They have a lot of history. This is going to be an exciting game. Now, Megan, Megan, looking, uh, you know, looking at some of these other games that are, you know, basically, I mean, we the bowls were all announced yesterday, and uh, just at least looking at the championship game. Let's just take a look at that one real fast. Oregon versus Auburn, both undefeated, thirteen and zero for Auburn, twelve and zero for Oregon. What do you, do you like the matchup? I mean, are you excited? Do you like watching these national championship games, or do you prefer to see how these teams get to the games? Because I've had people tell me both. Some people just love the bowl games, and others just love the regular season as to see how it all shapes out. I mean, just like you said, you've heard it both ways. It could go either way. I mean, I I would say I'd like to watch the whole entire season and the bowl game because obviously you get to watch them develop and then watch them, you know, postseason almost and uh, see how they can um, pan out against a team that might be equally as good as they are. Uh You know, like number one, number two, undefeated, that's going to be pretty exciting i mean they're both pretty decent teams and oh definitely uh to watch them play against each other you don't know maybe maybe one team will have an off game and just blow it or maybe it'll be like fight back and forth you know for for the winner but if you're looking like because i mean football is just exciting in general yeah, um, you, great. you go through like the whole entire regular season and just every game is usually exciting unless you get like a team that's not very good yeah, but but every game matters every day every game matters exactly and it gets you to this point and i mean it's just like i think it all builds on top of one another mm-hmm. and so it's it's what you do during regular season to get you to where you are um during like in bowl the bowl season i don't know so i like them both (laughs) no definitely i mean that's i mean i love the regular season um i like the top bowl games as well i mean i like i mean there's some there's there's always some good matchups and i'm a fan personally of them going to a playoff system but the bowl games you do get a lot of them you get some exciting matchups you know games that you wouldn't have seen if there was a playoff system okay real fast give me a call what's your favorite bowl game coming up is it the championship game? Don't tell me Spartans, okay? I get that. If you're a Spartan fan, obviously that's my favorite game to watch too. Tell me some of the other matchups that you like. All right, 517-432-3893. Because there's a lot of good ones. I mean, when you're talking about these BCS games, the Rolls Bowl, Wisconsin versus TCU, I think that's going to be a fantastic game. I agree. I was just going to say that. That is going to be, uh, that's actually one of my favorites. That's going to be a great game. TCU has the third ranked run defense in the league only giving up 89 yards per game, and they're going to go against Wisconsin's three-headed monster. Okay, and, and we beat Wisconsin, so we'll see. And we did. Put it to the test. Yeah, and TCU is undefeated. You know, they went 12-0. Okay, they got the bid for the Rose Bowl. I, this is, I think that is going to be a great game. And if you look at the other ones, Ohio State-Arkansas for the Sugar Bowl there, that is going to be another fantastic game. Uh, you have Ryan Mallett out there in Arkansas. I know all those Wolverine fans are just crying right now, wishing Ryan Mallett would have stayed in Michigan. But uh, he was not a fan of Rich Rod, so he took his he took it he took off to the Razorbacks, and now you got the Buckeyes and Razorbacks going at it. Uh, another another really good matchup, six versus eight. It's going to be a real good game. 
Uh, it's going to be a fantastic game. I think it's going to be a shootout. This game's going to be a high-scoring game. And then one of the other games, the Discover Orange Bowl. Okay, Stanford number four versus Virginia Tech number thirteen. I love this game because I like Stanford. Uh, I like Stanford a lot. I love the way they play football. I think Andrew Luck is one of the top quarterbacks, definitely in the league. Um, not as good as Cam Newton. Uh, maybe not as good as Tyrod Taylor. Maybe, but Andrew Luck is—he's fantastic. And uh, Virginia Tech, after having a tough loss to James Madison in Week Two, after barely losing to Boise State in Week One, this team won 11 games in a row. They turned it on. And if it wasn't for that loss to James Madison, you know they would be playing even even a better bowl game potentially. So there's a lot of great bowl matchups here. Okay, like I said, Alabama, Michigan State. You know what's funny is that we don't play the final week, Megan, and we drop to nine. We don't even stay at eight. We drop to nine, and we didn't even play. Hmm. We didn't even play. Uh, not that that matters. We're still going to go to the same bowl game. I know I'm, I'm nickel and diamond here. If you're ranked eighth, if you're ranked ninth, doesn't matter. Michigan State was going to be going to that game, the Capital One Bowl. So, uh, you know, in the really the bowl game. I'm looking at this list of bowl games here. Uh, what really is sad, Boise State, and this team would have been probably in the Rose Bowl. Could have been in a. a they would have been in a different BCS bowl game. Right now, they're playing in the Las Vegas Bowl. The Mako Las Vegas Bowl against Utah. That was that's such a tough loss to Nevada. And I will give the people that are fans of the BCS system credit for that game meaning something because of the system. If it wasn't for the BCS, Boise State, Nevada would not have met Jack. But that was actually one of the more exciting games of the entire year. And I feel terribly bad for that kicker who's probably being hunted down right now in Idaho for missing those two field goals. What a great game, and I still think the BCS in general is fraudulent with Michigan State having a tougher strength of schedule than Ohio State and Wisconsin, having a better record against bowl-eligible teams, having the better head-to-head record. Having, I mean, it just you know it stinks the way the system is built. But like I said, there's no reason to just get down on that. Let's not cry about it. Let's not keep thinking about it. Let's focus on Alabama. That is the game here, and that is going to be a good game, guys. Let's get ready for Alabama. The players are ready. Okay? Like Greg Jones here says, quote, Like most guys, you want to play in big-time games at the end of the year. When we got Alabama, I felt that was just as good. I feel like it's going to be a close game. Greg Jones is correct. This is going to be a really good matchup. This is going to be a good game. And I'm very excited to watch it. You excited, Megan? I'm excited to watch every game. Every game? Every game. You know what's real stupid? I don't know if you saw this. For all you Michigan fans out there, not that I care too much, but you're going to be playing in, uh, I believe it's the Gator Bowl, and you're going to be playing Florida. No, I'm sorry, Mississippi State, excuse me. They'll be playing, uh, Michigan will be playing Mississippi State. The bowl scheduling, the times for these games, makes no sense. (laughs) No, there's like four games at the same time, practically. So I can't even enjoy them all. You got Michigan State starting up at 1 o'clock on January 1st. Michigan plays at 1.30. What is that? I mean, how can all... I don't know. They can't just find to space these games out a little bit more? Just a little bit? I don't know. Just my problem with the whole thing. What, you want to watch Michigan lose? Yes! I want to see them get I want to see them get kicked around. Mississippi State is a good team. They almost beat Auburn earlier this season. They lost by three. I think Mississippi State's going to spank Michigan, personally. So what about Rich Rod? What about Rich Rod? Well, yeah. I think... Uh, I. You know what? See... <laughs> I want him to get beat bad, but I want Rich Rod to stay. So we can win? 
Keep Rich Rod <laughs> as long as possible, Michigan fans. I hope he stays. I hope he, Brandon signs him a four-year extension. That'd be great for Michigan State. You get keep on kicking your butt. I don't see it happening. Well, no, everyone thinks that they're going to get Jim Harbaugh and he's just going to go over there and he's just going to make Michigan the program they once were. Well, you listen, he's got a good thing going on in Stanford right now. I mean, he's got a real good thing going on in Stanford. I know he's everyone, he's a Michigan man, right? Yeah, he used to play your quarterback in 85. I get it. I know he's a Michigan man. But does he want to leave the good thing going on in Stanford? I just think my thing, listen, Jim Harbaugh will make Michigan's program better. I know that. I understand that. The thing is, don't think that's going to happen overnight. If you think Jim Harbaugh is going to come into this system that Rich Rod has developed with the players he's recruited, and if you think he's just going to turn that all around in a year, you're crazy. He'll do it, but it'll take two to three years. Okay, He has to bring his guys in. Rich Rod came into a system that was completely different than what he wanted to run. So what did he do? Wiped it all out and brought in new guys. But as of right now, guys are decommitting from Michigan right now. Demetrius Hart, number 21 uh, uh, ranked uh, running back out of high school, he just he dropped off. He doesn't want to play for Michigan anymore. He's going to Alabama. Okay, you look at Kevin Sosa, quarterback, just decommitted this last week from Michigan as well. People aren't happy. People are not happy with what's up in the air, whether Rich Rod's staying or whether he's going. And that, in, that uncertainty is leading to just players dropping out from the program. I do believe Jim Harbaugh will probably end up honestly going there. He probably will. But just for all you Michigan fans, don't think for a second that he's going to come in with some just some knight in shining armor and make your team some 10-2 ball club the year after he gets there. That's crap. That is not going to happen. So keep Rich Rod, you Wolverine fans, and we'll be keep laughing for years to come. Woo-hoo. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but we're going to move on from the Spartans because, you know, we're going to be talking about this all month. I mean, mm-hmm. all month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't burn up everything we're going to talk about right now. Right. All right, but let's move to the NFL. The Detroit Lions play the Chicago Bears this Sunday at Ford Field. And yet again, the Lions played an all right game. It was close. They were ahead at the half. Three games in a row this team has been ahead at halftime. So you're thinking, hey, another time against the Bears? Okay, you know, they're playing some good defense. They're taking care of the football. You know, you know Cliff, uh, Cliff Averill, three sacks, forced fumble. I mean, this team's looking decent, right? Drew Stan taking care of the football. Nope. Lions <laughs> lost, okay? 24-20. Three weeks in a row, this team has a lead at the half and can't finish a game. Three weeks in a row. And I want to give a stat out to our listeners real fast. A mind-blowing stat I heard earlier today. The Lions have been outscored 73-19 to in the second half of these last three ballgames. 73-19. to If that doesn't make you want to choke on a Detroit-flavored gumball, I don't know what does. That makes me sick. Okay? The Lions have had ample opportunity to win games. They're 2-10. Two and ten. Real fast, all of our Detroit Lions fans, football fans out there, give me a call, 517-432-3893. Do you think the Lions are good? Do you think they're getting better? What And what do they need to get better? What do you think of this season so far? We're 12 games in. There's only four weeks left. Okay, Where do you see the Lions at right now? Are you happy? Are you in the middle? Or are you as angry as I am? Because I'm still just as angry, even if this team had won maybe two more games. Okay, This is a, this is a joke. Again, the Lions just can't ever capitalize on mistakes made by other teams. Now, you said you watched about the first three and a four, like about three and a half quarters of this game, right? Well, I started watching the second, okay. and uh, I watched 
almost all the way through the fourth, and then I fell asleep. (laughs) But, I mean, I didn't... I saw some really good things out of them, and I'm I'm not surprised they lost. That's not what I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why they didn't win. I guess is more of what I want to say. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, for, yeah, you are. You know, Drew Stan. He did what he could. Drew Stan didn't play a great game. He didn't play a bad game. He played. He played a good game. Okay. The kid was 16 out of 24 passing, 178 yards, a touchdown, no picks. You know, he did a pretty decent job. Do you remember saying that they should get rid of him? Yes. I don't know. How do you feel about that now? I feel fine. You still think they should? Yeah, because he's a third stringer. And, I mean... It, I mean, after that performance, even? See, I just... I don't think it was an amazing performance. Drew Stan will never be better than a second-string quarterback in this league, in my opinion. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, there are some really good second-stringers, and that, you know, maybe later in the career, they get more of an opportunity. My opinion, the reason I always thought we should get rid of Drew Stan is we just don't use him. I mean, we're only using him now because both of our first and second stringers are hurt. That's the only reason he's playing a, a lick of any time. That's the only reason. And honestly, if Drew Stanton were to start for, let's say, you know, half a season, trust me, those numbers would get a lot worse than what you saw. It was a decent game. I had no problem with it, but he's a third-string quarterback. He's not going to be able to lead your team, especially a team like the Detroit Lions that needs just they need a leader. They need a, a they need a franchise quarterback. We think we have that in Matt Stafford, but the guy never gets to play because he's always hurt. Porcelain doll. So, I mean, we'll see. If you look at the Lions' numbers, not bad on third down efficiency. Six out of fourteen. Okay, six penalties, forty-two yards. You could be a little less on the penalties. They did only have one penalty in the second half, and that was the 15-yard unnecessary roughness mm-hmm. against Ndamukong Sue. Mm-hmm. Did you see this play? I did. Now, what did you think about that play? Um, it looked like a hard hit, but I I couldn't really see much of what happened. But I heard the announcer saying, because it was, they, what, they think it was an arm to the back of the head? They thought it was a yeah, forearm to the back of the head, yeah, basically. Yeah, and I mean, I don't I didn't see him doing that. So I don't think it should have been the penalty. But other than that, like, it was just a good hit. Just in time, because he was a big dude. And if you're going to get hit by him, it's going to be hard. <laughs> yeah. No, he's definitely, I mean, he's a beast. And uh, it, it was a hard hit. It, it should not have been a penalty. I do agree. I can understand the missed call. It wasn't a horrible missed call. You see it slow down. You do see, okay, well, wait a minute. He did have both hands extended, both arms extended. But in real motion, in real time, I can see how you missed that. Okay. And for all you, if any Lions fan out there, I swear to you, if you're blaming this game on that call, you better call in so I can rip you a new one because that's a joke. The Lions, that call did not in any way change what was going to happen in this game. Okay. Even if they don't get that 15 yard penalty right there, it's second and two on our 14 yard line. The Bears would have scored. The Bears definitely would have scored. Does the call stink? Yeah. It puts them on like the seven. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But look, right after that, like usual, and something goes against the Detroit Lions, they cower, they lower their heads, and they feel like, oh, it's me. It happens. We're the Lions. We get screwed. Well, you know what? They didn't come to the next play. was a simple, quick touchdown, okay? Really quick touchdown. They, they can't stop anyone when they really need to. They can't buckle down and take care of business late in games. They had chances to win this game, okay? Not in the fourth quarter. I mean, they had some drives they could have put together, and they didn't. When the Bears scored that touchdown to go up 24-20, this game had eight and a half minutes left, okay? There were eight and a half minutes left in this game. That is a lifetime, okay? That is a ton of time. And what do we do? We give them the ball back with five minutes and 17 seconds left in the game. And we never get the ball back. We never get the ball back. It was just like in the Green Bay game. 
28-26. Green Bay gets the ball back with like six and a half left, and we can't get a stop if we had to. And I will go to a specific a specific moment in this game where I believe that was the point where I felt Detroit was either going to win this game or lose it. And it was basically at the start of the third quarter when we forced the fumble on Jay Cutler and we recovered the ball on, the, on their 10-yard line. And what do we do? We get a field goal? We get a field goal out of that? This game was 17-14. That is the Lions' opportunity to step on the throats of the Bears and take a 10-point lead and say, we're going to win this game. We're going to hold on. You're going to really have to come back and show us something if you're going to win this. But the Lions kick a field goal. They only put themselves up six. And it's just the same old story. When the Lions have a chance to step on the throats, they don't. They give you give they just give the other team a little slap in the face, and that basically just wakes the other team up. That got the Bears energized. I think that got the Bears going. Having that kind of stand. We got like two yards out of that whole out of that whole drive. <laughs> two yards on the ten, and we just couldn't do anything. Why are we throwing the ball to Calvin Johnson more? I don't know if you saw that Calvin Johnson touchdown, the forty six yard touchdown at the end of the second quarter. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. He he stiff armed two guys, two defensive ends, making them look like JV, you know, high school, you know, players, high school football players. He, he bullied them around, and we target him five times, five times. You have your third string quarterback go to your best receiver on fourth and one. Who do the Lions? What do they do? They bootleg. They turn Stafford so he has to throw across his body to Nate Burleson. Give me a break. Go to Calvin Johnson. The guy's six five, six five. He's a beast. He's got a better vertical than some NBA players. Throw the ball up to him. I mean, my question to you, Megan, I mean, I, I know you've watched a decent amount of games this year, mm-hmm. but what do the Lions need to do to get better? I mean, are they going to win a game the rest of this year? Should they tank the rest of the season, get a better draft pick, focus on next year? I mean, what is the solution for this team? Because as of right now, you're looking at 4-28. and 28. I mean, I'm yeah, 4-28. and 28. I feel like if they even try, they're still going to lose. If they try to lose, they're going to lose. If Even if they try to not lose, they're still going to lose. <laughs> like, I feel like that's what the Lions are. Um, so what should they do? I mean, yeah, I mean, just... You th- well, first off, do you think they're going to win another game this year? They they can't even win games that are handed to them. That are teams that are actually maybe just even having a bad game or that aren't good in the first place. Yeah. And that's just like, they could have won this game. Definitely. On Sunday, that was that was more than winnable, and they couldn't even pull through. Then, I think it's I don't know what it is. I don't know if they get too excited. They actually might. Hey, we might we might beat a good team, but <laughs> our decent team, I guess, better than us, and they get way too excited and just mess up. But I don't I don't I don't really see it happening <laughs> if they if they keep playing like the way they are. I feel like next year, if they kind of improve on where they messed up this year, then maybe they might start have have a winning season. Maybe, and I do have to correct myself. They're not four and twenty-eight in the last two years. They're four and twenty-four. There are still four games left, but let's kind of count on that four and twenty-eight because I, I do think they will beat Minnesota at the end of the year. I do believe that uh, it's a game at home. Uh, Minnesota, they will. They won't have anything to play for. Uh, not that the Lions necessarily have anything to play for, but the Lions. I mean, come on, pride's on the line every time. I mean, if you're going to go 0-16, 2-14, and 2-14 again, I'm just going to start crying soon. I mean, I'm just going to. I'm just getting real sad. Just real sad. I mean, and I like I said, I'll give Schwartz one more year. He definitely has one more year in my book. And, you know, you reevaluate after the 2011 season. Assuming there's a 2011 season. <laughs> okay, we have the potential lockout coming in March. Uh, I think it will be a March lockout. They will have this thing figured out by the time the football season gets going. Football's too big of a business 
to not have they will figure something out. There's too much money out there to not have this whole season happen. But nonetheless, the Lions for all you people that think they're good, they're not good, okay? If you're 2 and 10, you're not good. It's simple as that. If you can't put together 60 minutes of football once, okay? They did it against the Redskins. I'll give you that. They were down in the game, they came back and they won the game. They showed some resiliency. But nowadays, it just seems like they hang their heads on the sidelines every time something go- doesn't go their way. I mean, you got Jim Schwartz saying here, I'm not going to judge the call. I was just going out there to make a play. Get, no, I'm sorry, this is Sue. I'm not going to judge the call. I was just going out there to make a play and get the ball out. It was a great opportunity to attack the ball. I was going for the ball, and that's all that matters. And Sue's right to a degree. Sue definitely is right. He's you know he's trying to go for the ball. He's trying to strip him, and it, you know it, it wasn't a great. It was it was a bad call. It was a bad call, but it wasn't an egregious call. It wasn't a terrible call. And if you think about it honestly, maybe Sue should have just fell on the guy. He should have just him. well, you should yeah, just smooshed him. <laughs> should have smooshed him. Just fall on him. I mean, it's just I know it just when you make a motion like that because when I even saw it in in live time, it did look very violent. Now, when you see it slow down, like we've said, yes, he does not actually put the forearm into the back of the head or the back of the neck, but it just it kind of looked like it. It's tough for a ref in that position when he sees something in fast time like that. To I mean, he had to make a judgment call, and Ed Hockley is one of the you know one of the better NFL referees in the league. I mean, I think we yeah we do all remember the botched call in the Denver San Diego game two years ago. But you know what, refs make mistakes. It happens. I just don't want any Lions fans lingering on that call. That's a joke. That's enough Lions, okay? We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, some, talk some Spartan basketball. Like I said, I got a Pistons story for you, a little, uh, little uh, Tigers talk, and who knows? Whatever we want to talk about, we will. Okay, this is the Spartan Sports Wrap, 88.9 WDBM, East Lansing. You're listening to Impact Exposure. Hey, what floor are you going to? <clears throat> oh, uh, three. Thanks. <coughs> hey, didn't we, uh, have... Yeah, that one class. Yeah, that's so funny to, <laughs> to see you, because I <coughs> thought maybe we could, uh... Would you ever want to, um... I was wondering if you... If I could stick my finger in your eye. What? No. Oh, <coughs> I just flushed some toilets and touched a doorknob. What? I've been keeping this moist Kleenex Ew, in my pocket. That's uh, so gross. I thought we could, you know, just stick my finger Ugh. in your eye. Is that weird? No! Don't touch me! What's wrong with you? Oh, sorry. Well, ever since you got in the elevator, you've been coughing all over your hands and pressing those buttons, so I just thought you were into that kind of thing. Free. Studies show that three quarters of women and only half of men actually wash their hands in the bathroom. That's nasty. Stop the flu and other germs by regularly washing with soap and avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. More at cdc.gov slash clean hands. Impact 89 FM. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Crime Time, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. From 10 p.m. until midnight Sunday nights, listen to the Impact Afterglow, where you can hear a variety of relaxed tracks to help you ease into the start of a new week. Only on Impact Prime Time. Now back to Impact Exposure. And we are back here at 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. All right, let's get to basketball. Talking the football took up the whole half hour, but it's football time. So, but let's get to basketball. Uh, the Michigan State Spartans 
Uh, played on Wednesday against the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, again, always the good games right after our show. Mm-hmm. Always like, tomorrow. It's always after the show, but I can't complain. Okay. Okay, but the Spartans did. They played the Blue Devils on Wednesday. They lost this game 84 to 79. Now, Megan, mm-hmm. I know we both watched the game. Yup. And I was pretty irritated. Me too. Most of the game. Now, what were some of the thoughts you got out of that game? Uh, the one thing that comes to mind when it comes to any Michigan State basketball game is turnovers. Ugh. It is like, Ugh. that is like the talk of every game. This game, they could have won. I, yes. I think they could have won. I mean, they came in, you know, number one Duke, number six Michigan State. Uh, they could have beat Duke, and they could have been the upset. It's those turnovers that are killing us, those free throws that are killing us. Those are the two things that our team needs to work on the most. I mean, I think I checked the stats right after the game. I think it was 20 to 15 with turnovers. I mean, Duke had a bunch, too. Yeah, we had 20 turnovers. Yeah, we had 20 game. turnovers, and but we still we still did them with the turnovers. Five turnovers could be, you know, the game in, in itself. Oh, no, definitely. And the thing was is that, I mean, if you saw even in the second half, once Michigan State was at around 12 turnovers or so, Duke capitalized on almost every one of our turnovers. Basically, almost every one. I mean, 20 turnovers, if you can limit that, honestly, yeah, by about 6 to 7, mm-hmm. keep that around 13, they win that game. They definitely win that game. They were in contention most of the game. I mean, yeah, you know, they got down a little bit, but then they came back. And as soon as they're coming back, I tell you, it's like they were wearing blindfolds when they were passing the ball. A lot of these turnovers were not due to pressure. They weren't due to, you know, a, a trap in, in the backcourt. They were just... Passes off some guy's shoe. Just a pass, you know, complete guys just not communicating during the game. Mm-hmm. Okay? They had a chance to win that game, and they just, they, they just, they just, they shot themselves in the foot. Again and again, turnover, turnover. I can't, I can't believe how many bad turnovers I saw in that game. I have not seen that kind of sloppy basketball in a long time. Even, like you said, on both sides, Duke was almost just as sloppy. Mm-hmm. It was a slop fest out there, out in Durham. I mean, it was a joke. Mm-hmm. Okay? But, I mean, it's a loss, and it's very early in the season, okay? Rankings, honestly, they don't mean too much right now. I know it's this is not college football. It's a long season, okay? There's a lot of games. It really gets important once we get to the Big Ten December 31st. That is when you really want to start shining. You Right now, you're kind of working the bugs out. That's why I'm not saying that it's okay to you know constantly lose to the better teams out of your conference. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that at all. All I'm saying is that these are learning lessons right now for the Spartans. Might as well learn them now rather than learning them in March. Right. Rather than learning them in the end of February when you're looking for a decent seed in the tournament. Okay. Michigan State also played again on Saturday. They played the Bowling Green Falcons. Now, the Falcons stink. Okay. The Falcons are a garbage team. Michigan State beat them 74-39. to That was second half, though. Yeah, that was second half. Uh, <laughs> uh, they went on a 21-1 run. Uh, to start the second half, which is basically what blew that game wide open. I mean, the first like f- five or six minutes of the game, I think we scored ten points. It was ten to nine for <laughs> the longest time, and it just was. It was not a game. Yeah. The first half, and that's the thing. I don't know what Tom Izzo says to them the second half. He needs to say the same thing to them before the game because for some for some <laughs> reason they always start really slow. And then they go into the locker room at halftime. Tom Izzo must chew them out or something. I don't even know what goes on in there. Oh, yeah. And they come Veins out. are popping. Oh, yeah. They come out, and they're just like a whole new team. Yeah, they are. I mean, they, they, they are good at, very good at making second-half uh, you know, second adjustments. Uh, right now, though, they need to focus on Syracuse. That is the big game coming up for all you college basketball fans out there. We will play the Orange Men 
Uh, tomorrow night, game's going to be at 9 o'clock. It's, at, it's in New York uh, against Syracuse. Uh, it's for the Jimmy V Classic. It's going to be a very good game. Michigan State now ranked 8th. Syracuse ranked 7th. Uh, Syracuse is 8-0 out in the Big East. Uh, they did win a very close game this weekend against NC State. So NC State played them pretty well. Uh, this is going to be a good game. The one thing that kind of scares me about this game coming up right now is Kalen Lucas. Because I was reading an article out of the DET News. And basically, from what I've read, Kalen Lucas sat most of the second half against Bowling Green. And he did not practice today. Now, Coach Izzo hopes that he will be ready for Tuesday night. Lucas is still recovering from a ruptured Achilles tendon in last year's tournament. And you can tell, basically, the coach is saying that this heavy schedule recently, because the Spartans have played a decent amount of games, and, you know, they had to travel out to Maui, they had to travel to Duke, okay, they've been back and forth, bouncing around, playing a lot of games. Now they got to travel to New York. It is a tough start to the year for the Spartans, just in traveling time. And Coach says, quote, it is not that his Achilles is, bother- is bothering him that much. It is little stuff. But it's just like his whole leg and body. To be honest, I think it has a lot to do with the dealing with Maui and going to Duke and the number of minutes he has played. It's been a tough couple of weeks for the kid. It really has been. And Kalen Lucas is our leading our leading scorer on average, 14 14.9 points a game. Corey Lucius is averaging 9 points a game. And Lucius, he's, dish, he's dishing the ball around. He's got a team best 33 assists right now. But, you know, Lucas is not the only Spartan that's, you know, kind of dealing with recovering from an injury. Uh, right now, uh, Corey Lucius, Corey Lucius does have uh, bruises to his ribs. They weren't broken. They thought they were broken, but they're not. Uh, Coach Izzo says, quote, I know he'll be okay to play tomorrow. And that's about it. Corey will play. I hope so. Well, we definitely need that. It just Because yeah. I think if Lucas, I don't believe Lucas won't play at all. I believe it'll be limited minutes. I believe he'll be playing to a degree, but they are not going to really try. It, they don't want this kid to really hurt himself again this early. If he needs to rest a little bit more, even though we need him on the court, I say you rest him some more. If that's what he needs, that's what his body needs, then give it to him. I mean, I'm going to look at, I mean, okay, Corey, Corey Lucius, Kalen Lucas, two awesome, awesome, phenomenal players. Mm-hmm. I am seeing, despite the turnovers, despite our free throws, I am seeing sparks of just greatness coming out of people like Darrell Summers. Yeah. Like, he had a great game against Bowling Green. I mean, we didn't really have most like the greatest game, but he was the, he was the leading scorer, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. Four for 12. And, um, um, well, I said that wrong, but anyway. <laughs> um, he was, like, you see that, and then you even see, like, Delvon Rowe. He, what, he didn't even have that many points, but still, like, it's just even the people that are behind. Then you have Keith Appling, who was hitting threes. I mean, and then even when, like, the second stringers all came out, you know, we had, like, um, Keebler out there. Yep. He was hitting shot after shot after shot. Like, it's just, we, we see this team improve. Like, I feel I feel like so much focus was on Kalen Lucas last year and his Achilles, and everyone's like, oh, gosh, now that he's out, we can't win. Uh-huh. Like there's absolutely no way, and then but we still we still have the rest of the team, and they really showed that they can actually you know play on Saturday. It wasn't the greatest team to you know like come out against, but I I just saw like some great some great plays, and then you had Adrian Payne, the giant. Oh yeah, he Big is. Boy. Um, yeah, he had. He, I think he had a block, and um, he just he was really good too on mm-hmm. Saturday, and it's just nice to see like the team actually. I mean. Their turnovers, yeah, they need to work on it. Their free throws, yeah, they need to work on it. But it was great to see them actually, you know, working together as a team and, uh, you know, hitting hitting field goals from anywhere. 
No, really? Yeah, they picked it up. I mean, they they are shooting. They're shooting very well from the field this year. Uh, they're shooting forty nine percent from the field, uh, which is great, and they're shooting forty three percent from three point line. Um, they're really getting it done shooting the ball. It's the it's the little things. It's just taking care of the basketball. Mm-hmm. It's making the easy buckets like the free throws, like we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now this team is only shooting sixty four percent from the free throw line. Not going to get it done. I'll say it's not going to get it done. Draymond, you can't shoot 55% from the line. It's not going to get it done. Same with Darrell, 64%. Not going to happen. They're averaging 18 turnovers a game. These little, not little things, these things need to be worked on, and I know they are being worked on. And I, like I've said before, I'm happy to see them shooting well because I do believe Izzo can fix these other things. Okay, You can't always fix guys that are just not shooting good. You can work on guys just taking care of the basketball and have them shoot 100 free throws of practice. Okay, Izzo's a you know free throw guru. Okay, I don't believe that will that this this trend that we've seen recently. I don't believe that will keep up. I think they just need some time. And I, I believe they need some rest. Honestly, they need they do need a little rest. I've said they played a lot of games. They've done a lot of traveling. The team is kind of tired, especially when you're dealing with guys that have had injuries in the past. Now, They're, I mean, like even Delvon Rowe, a lot, you know, I mean, he had like three you know knee surgeries, mm-hmm. you know, over his career. You know, guys are tired. They need a rest. But Syracuse is coming up. This is going to be a very good game. I watched a lot of the NC State-Syracuse game. Uh, definitely look out for a guy named Scoop Jardine. Uh, he's a phenomenal, he's a, he's a great point guard. Uh, he's, a, he's a good player. He's a really good player in Scoop. And as you've seen in other games, we have a hard time dealing with point guards. Kyrie Irving took us down in that Duke game. He got anywhere he wanted on the court. And don't get me wrong, he's a great player, and he probably would have done that against a lot of teams. But we really need to focus on shutting down these good point guards. Okay. Now, if you look at Syracuse, their statistics, they're averaging 12 turnovers a game. They're shooting about 43% from the field. They're shooting about the same as us from three uh, free throws, 63%. And they're a bad three-point shooting team. Okay, They're only shooting at about 30% from the three-point line. So I think that can help. Let's focus on stopping points in the paint. Let's not get the easy buckets to the paint, easy layups. He's just, you know, easy dunks. Let's, let's make them shoot that. We know they're not good at shooting the three ball. Force it. Keep the ball on the outside. Make them make jump shots. Make them make three pointers. Don't let them get easy baskets under the lane. Cause that uh, that's uh, that makes me irritated as heck. You know, time is though. I think he's gonna have a good game plan for this game, and I think it's gonna be an exciting game. Should be a very good game. Should be a close game. The Duke game was close too, and it was exciting. It was just it was just irritating when you see the ball being turned over like you were playing in your backyard when you were ten years old. Mm-hmm. That's what it kind of looked like. Passes that made no sense. Passes that were just so, so obligatory. I just, I, I don't even want to think about that right now. I know. Did you know uh, the Duke-Michigan uh, State game was the most watched game in the ACC, ACC Big Ten Challenge? Was it? Well, I mean, I believe it. I mean, when you got yeah. teams number one, number six, I mean, these teams are going to be in down at the end. I think we all know that Duke is a fantastic team. I hate to say that, but they are. Uh, Duke is a really good team, and Kyrie Irving is their stud, as Kalen Lucas is ours. And they're only going to get better, and we're only going to get better. So That's right. I mean, like I said, let's work out the kinks now, January, February. Let's make sure we're good for March. Let's play some good Big Ten basketball. That starts off December 31st, like I said, against Minnesota. That is when you want to start seeing it come on. Okay, They have one more big non-conference game after they play Syracuse. They will be playing Texas, I believe, on December 23rd or 22nd. So that will be your other difficult non-conference game. We got beat by Texas last year around the same time. Let's beat them this year. I just want to see them beat a good team. You lost to UConn. You lost to Duke. Beat Syracuse or beat Texas or beat them both. Show me that you can beat a good team. 
I know I know they're very talented, and I know they're going to start figuring it out, but I would like to see at this point of the year still them showing up for an entire game and beating a solid team and playing some sound basketball. I agree. But we will move on. <laughs> this show flies. It's like we have 14 minutes. I feel like I've been sitting here for 10. But... Okay, let's move on to the Pistons. Uh, Pistons, a uh, story just broke today in the Free Press and the Detroit News, and it says Pistons sale not likely to be done until February. It's been going on for way too long. It has. It's been going on for a while. I know we've talked about it a handful of times ever since the first story broke back in September about this team and, you know, Illich looking like, you know, they're in 30 days of negotiation. It looks like it's going to go down. And then the 30 days of negotiation end and we're kind of sitting here twiddling our thumbs. <laughs> but as of right now, they are basically saying uh, Citibank, who was hired by the widow of late owner Bill Davidson, who is Karen Davidson, um, they are representing the franchise for the sale. So they have informed all the potential buyers right now, which the potential buyers include Mike Marion and Christopher Illich and their company, Illich Holdings. And also the Beverly Hills financier, Tom Gores, and a group headed by George Postulus, a former executive of the NBA and the Houston Rockets. So those are really the front runners right now in buying the Pistons. I know you, I know people might have seen reports of possibly a group out of the Middle East, people from Dubai and Qatar looking to possibly buy the Pistons, but from what I hear, the NBA has denied that. So the NBA does not seem to want Middle Easterners buying the team. I don't know. I have no opinion on that. Uh, but that's just a report I heard. Uh, right now with the Pistons, though, it kind of stinks that this team still hasn't gotten sold. It makes it really handcuffs Joe Dumars. He really can't make any moves. How's he going to trade Rip? How's he going to trade Tayshon? How's he going to do? How's he going to just do anything when this team is still up for sale? And what really does still scare me is that there is no guarantee that this team stays in Detroit. <laughs> now it's very likely. It's it's more. It's it's very very likely, but it's not for sure. Okay, like I said, after you know the initial bids, thirty days of negotiations with Illich Holdings, and then that all died. Now, trust me, I believe Tom Gores and Illich, if they bought this team, they would want to keep it in Michigan. I don't know about George Postulus. I really have no idea about that guy. Tom Gores, he's an ex-Michigan State alum. Uh, you know, loves this state, loves this. You know, just loves the. You know, loves the teams around here. I just. You know, not to mention, there's just so much pro- with the NBA right now. If you look at it, you look at the possible uh, lockout for next year for the NBA because they can't come up with a collective bargain agreement that the players and the owners and everyone agree with. So that's still out on the table. And you know, not to mention, you know, they're basically insane. If you look at it, the Pistons they're valued at 475 million, but with the economy the way it is, not just in Michigan, around the entire country, it makes these kinds of things tough. It really does. When you have just, you know, a lot of potential buyers kind of looking at, oh, the economy's pretty crappy. It seems like everyone's just kind of waiting around. It's taking a lot longer than maybe it should, but I understand it. I do. I mean, we're talking about buying a team. This is not going out and buying a cup of coffee. <laughs> okay. It's going to take some time. i just like to see it get done sooner rather than later. They're saying by the All-Star break, that's the middle of February for the NBA. So hopefully, I mean, if you're talking middle of February, I mean, that really only means there's there's two months left in the season once you get to February. So, honestly, the Pistons, ugh, I don't know. Mm. Eh? Eh, I don't know. I'm just kind of, you know. Meh, the Pistons. <laughs> but, uh. I, I hope it's before then, honestly. I mean, you and I have been talking about this, what, since, like, September? It's been a while. Beginning of, late August, beginning of September? Yeah, it's like been that. way too long. I mean, the Pistons, on uh, just how they're playing, they're 7-14. and 14. They did just beat the Cleveland Cavaliers on Sunday, 102-92. Uh, to 92, And Cavaliers stink. 
Uh, you know, they got... They don't have that one-man one, one man team anymore. Yeah, who's that guy again? What's uh, his name? Mean, we don't talk about his name's him. James LeBron? James LeBron. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's that guy. There he is. James LeBron. Well, no, I mean, yeah, Cleveland stinks. Good thing uh, Pistons got off the schneid. They had a four-game losing streak going. Uh, they won a game. They're 7-14. Uh, they, are, they are about to go on a three-game uh, road trip. Uh, they're about to play Houston tomorrow night at Houston at 8 o'clock. Then they will be facing... Who is it? New Orleans. That's right. They're gonna be like I said. My brain just stopped for a second. No, blanked out. Yes, but uh, they will be playing New Orleans, and then they will be at Minnesota before they come back home. So two out of three of those games are winnable games. The Pistons need to kind of get on a streak. They need to string some games together. It looked like the lineup changes that I've read about and I saw last night worked. You know, for the second half, they put Ben Gordon instead of Jason Max Seal with the three guard lineup. That really looked pretty good. They got the scoring going. Guys got on fire. It led to a lot of quick, you know, and the defense stepped up, and they got a lot of quick, you know, breaks. A lot of quick, uh, you know, transition points. And let's just see if the Pistons can kind of string a few together. 7-14, and 14, you're not getting close to 500 at all. Not even close. So they need to start working on that. That's about all I can say. I mean, what else can I say about the Pistons right now? I, I, I punish myself watching this team every time. Last week, Tuesday, Friday, oh, my God. The Miami game, oh, it was horrible. Such a bad game. We lost what is it? I think it was like ninety-two to seventy-two. Scored seventy-two points. I mean, the Spartans could score more points than that. I mean, but uh, let's move on because you know we haven't had a chance to actually talk about this topic yet. And because last week we're talking all about the Spartans, and we were just you know we were on we were just all about the Spartans. This is a Spartan sports right? It is. It is a Spartan sports right? But other things do go on. Yes, they do. And I know this is like two weeks old kind of news, but I just want to give our listener. I want to ask our listeners, what do you think about the Victor Martinez signing with the Detroit Tigers? We signed him about a week and a half ago or so. It's a four-year deal, $50 million. What do you think of it? 517-432-3893. It's 517-432-3893. Now, Megan, I even asked you, do you like, uh, do you like that pickup? I, don't, I wish I would have looked more into it. <laughs> I don't really know much about it right now. Um, I mean, if they... I think it'll help them. Well, I mean, you know, he, he's a catcher. Uh, yeah. You know, he's been with Boston for the last two years. He was with Cleveland for uh, most of his uh, most of his career. Mm-hmm. He came into the league in 2002, and uh, last year he did play. He played about half the season uh, with Boston. He was injured for the other half, uh, which was the first half. Uh, the guy had 20 home runs, 79 RBIs. He batted 302, and he had an uh, he had an OPS of 844. So in half a season, that's pretty darn good. I mean, to be batting over 300 as a catcher, and that's what the Tigers are looking for. Yeah, They're looking for some power. Uh, Victor Martinez will not solve all those problems. But at the same time, he is he's a good catcher. He's going to DH for you a lot. Okay, He's going to catch probably around, they're saying, you know, 60 games a year for the year, roughly. Okay, He's a good player. Okay, Victor Martinez, he is a little old. He's 32. But it's a four-year deal, okay? And, yeah, the Tigers seem to overspend with almost whoever they pick up. But if you look at some of the ridiculous contracts, I mean, I don't know if anyone's... Jason Wirth just got a seven-year, $126 million contract from the Washington Nationals. I don't know what the Nationals are smoking, but, I mean, Jason Wirth, he's a decent player. Uh, but at the same time, $126 million. I mean, you want to talk about overpaying for a guy. That's, that's, that's insane. Now, unfortunately, Adam Dunn, who is uh, he's a he's a f- fantastic bat, you know, powerhouse, hit like 38 homers a year basically every year. He went to the White Sox. So, Megan, as always, some for some reason one of the best guys out there goes to the White Sox. You know, he could have went anywhere else. No Twins, no White Sox. I'm content. 
But no, he goes to the White Sox, and he's going to do great for him. Uh, you know, it was a good pickup for them. It was four years, 56 mil. Basically, roughly, exactly almost what we paid for uh, Victor Martinez. But Victor Martinez, in his whole career, his batting average is still 300. Okay, he's been bad. He's, he's, just, he's a consistent bat. He's gonna. He's not the best defensive catcher. Jared Laird definitely was better there. But when Jared Laird bats like 185 for your season, excuse me, it's like oh, too much pop earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but you know he bats like 185 for a season. He only has like what two or three home runs. It's not gonna really get it done. Next time, excuse me, listeners, I'll let you know next time I burp into the mic. I will be sure to announce that. Okay. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, well, I don't know. Looking at his stats, like, now that I actually heard, you know, what he's done, I think it sounds maybe too much, but, like, to spend on him, like you were saying, but... Maybe a little too much. Yeah. But for what people are paying nowadays for some of these guys, you weren't going to get him for anything less. Maybe a few million less, but just barely. I mean, you know, he was getting offers from other teams around the league for basically the same thing. It was a little less. They were offering around 45 mil for four years. I'm not. I'm not too upset by this. The Tigers still have more work to do, and they will figure a lot. Of, a lot of this out in the winter meetings uh, that are coming up. I'm glad we have a catcher that can bat. Yeah, we have a catcher that can bat. You know, I mean, they're looking at Rayburn to be starting out and left permanently. You have Jackson in center, um, and it, it does look a lot closer to us actually re-signing Mags, and which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Mags. He's uh, you know he's really done a great job with this franchise. I know he had a rough first half uh, two years ago. But the guy picked it up the second half, and he was having a good season last year until he got injured. Okay, he's a real good bat. He's a, he's just he's a pure hitter, and he's going to be great out there in right field for us. Uh, you know, the team's starting to piece it together. I would like to see them go after some more, uh, look after some starting pitchers for their rotation. I know they are moving Phil Coke to the starting rotation for this next year, but I do want to see some other things. They did pick up Joaquin Benoit for uh, relief. That's good. Joaquin Benoit, pretty good player. And I guess they just picked up John Bale, who are they sending to a minor league contract. The guy played in the Japanese Central League this last year. He's not Japanese, though. John Bale. If John Bale's Japanese, I'm going to be shocked. Okay. <laughs> I just, I'm not expecting that with that name. But you know what, the Tigers? There's a lot of time left. A lot to, you know, a lot to look at. But we'll see, I think, a lot more in the winter meetings. I'm just happy to see Dombrowski and the organization making moves already. They know they need to. They're not being complacent about it. And, you know, we'll just see. There's time to come. There's a lot of time to come, excuse me. And I think this team, I think they're going to be primed to make a you know, make a decent run in the division. But we will still see. But look, we got, what, three minutes? Okay. <laughs> time to get to my interesting facts because that's the only way I will be happy the rest of the night. No. <laughs> there you go. Yes. I mean, if that makes your night, that's pretty good It does. Good night. It does because, you know, I learn things, our listeners learn things, and everyone's a lot smarter. There you go. Okay, especially after a weekend of, you know, who knows what people were doing. Don't even need to go to school. Just listen to us. Just listen to us. You'll learn life. Yep. <laughs> Tell your professors, hey, that's why I didn't go to class. Listen to the Spartan sports rap. <laughs> Woo! Okay, here we go. 93% of all greeting cards are purchased by women. That's not surprising. 93% though. I mean, you know, I mean, I still have to go buy, you know, cards. Like That means you guys don't care about us. I buy blank cards a lot. Of times. <laughs> <laughs> just thanks. And then you just, yeah, just side, write like Dave. Little, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like cards are kind of stupid. Like what? Yeah, like you didn't write the poem. You didn't like 
It's the thought that counts, it, Dave. Yeah, walking in the Hallmark for two minutes. Yes. Yeah, that's tough. Hey, I sit, I sit there for at least 10 to yeah. find well, one, okay? It's only because I can't find the right category. I'm seeing, like, okay, it's like <laughs> brother-in-law, brother, sisters, cousins, nephew. It's like, I don't even know what card to do pick. Do you get lost in Hallmark? Of course I do. I have no <laughs> idea until I start seeing where the, most of the people are at in Hallmark, and then I follow them. Okay, the next one. 98% of houses in the United States have at least one television set. Not surprising nowadays. No. I think most houses have two television sets nowadays. Uh, yeah, TVs are just everywhere. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see. A person uses approximately 57 sheets of toilet paper each day. I don't know who uses that much toilet paper. <laughs> they must be... How do you how do you make a stat out of that? Do you just ask everyone? I don't know. <laughs> to count how many like, squares of toilet How many paper squares do you use? Is it double or triple pie? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean it's 57 sheets where they drinking colon flow. <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't understand. <laughs> All right, we're moving on cuz uh, it's it's just a little weird. <laughs> All right, let's see. About 85% of product warning labels on household products are inadequate. They're not exactly up to date. They're not exactly correct. So, you know, you know, check over warning labels on products, especially if you have children in the house, babies or anything like that. Really be careful what you use before you use it because you never know. All right, let's see another one. A common name for pin curls is also spit curls because women sometimes wet their hair with their saliva before curling it. Ew. Hey, you're the, I don't curl my hair. My hair is naturally curly. I don't curl mine because it just doesn't stay. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> well, let's see. What's next? Okay. America's favorite Crayola crayon color. You want to guess? Mm, fire engine red. Oh, no. Blue. <laughs> I was going to say blue. Why blue? I don't know. Blue. Everyone likes blue. blue blue's a, everyone does like blue. Blue's a fun color. I just wanted to say a really fun I wish Crayola it was green. color. I like what about green. Robin's egg blue? Maybe Ro- it's Robin's egg blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's magenta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? All right. Well, listen. Here, here's a, I got to get this one in because this one shocks me. All right. An office desk has 400 times more bacteria than a toilet. Ew. So this desk I'm at right now must be filthy. That's <laughs> really. Why don't you just announce it to everyone, Dave? I just. And you know, I was thinking about like you know school desks. You know, you go to all these classes, you got all these desks. How dirty are these desks? Great. Now I'm gonna be a germaphobe. Now, now you got to worry about it. Thank definitely, you. no problem. But trust <laughs> me, I got a friend of mine's toilet. It's definitely dirtier than any desk. All right, probably four hundred thousand times. That's okay. gross. But listen, we are out of time here at the Spartan Sports Wrap. Uh, I really thank all of our listeners for tuning in tonight. And uh, definitely tune in next week, uh, 7 p.m. We'll have a lot to get to. And for the Spartan Sports Wrap, my name's Dave Harinkew. And my name's Megan. You guys have a good night out there. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.